Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome into Radio Row. Sterling Holmes with Fan Sided, my guy Malcolm here with unified coverage of the Super Bowl. Malcolm, how are you? I'm awesome, Sterling. How are you today? Uh, wonderful. I'm wonderful. This is just such an amazing experience. My first time covering the Super Bowl. Obviously, you have been here before. You're showing me the ropes here. We were here last night, and it was just such a magical experience getting to talk with all of the players. Man, you had a whole bunch of guys you've talked to from Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Bosa. Um, who was your favorite? Favorite guy you talked to? Favorite guy I talked to, Sterling, had to be uh, Christian McCaffrey. Favorite question? Uh, favorite question I asked him was about uh, was about. Uh, favorite question was a movie question. Uh, if you if the season was a movie. Um, who would play you? That was my favorite question I asked uh, last night. <laughs> what did he say? Um, he said uh, Chris Pratt. Some said uh, Denzel Washington. Others said Robert Redford. So it was a it was a hit last night. If you were getting cast in a movie, who would it be? I'd play Morgan Freeman. I love that. Love that. All right. Again, we have a whole bunch coming your way all week long. Robbie Gold, former kicker of. The 49ers. And the Bears and the Giants. will be joining us at around 11 o'clock today. I'll be joined by Ian McMillan for your normal Stacking the Box updates as well. Uh, but again, just some quick updates here. Uh, we did get to see the actual grass. It is covered right now. It was covered last night as the rain started to come down. Um, they had the tarp over that. So what you saw on the field last yep. night, what we were on, that was the turf field. So there's been a lot of talk on on the X as far as what does the turf look like? What does the grass look like? Yeah. Uh, they say it looks bad. Well, that's the turf. They ain't playing on that. So no, that's good. That, so what we saw on the outside it did look pretty good. I will also point out, I know it's early in the week. It was Monday last night. A little closer from San Fran than it is from Kansas City to Las Vegas, but... What would you say, 80% Niners fans? Yeah, 8% Tennessee Niners fans last night. I mean, it, it was just a wild experience when you saw any time George Kittle talked, any time Brock Purdy or Kyle Shanahan talked, it was just the loudest yeah. round of applause for those guys. And then you heard Patrick Mahomes try and talk. Yeah. And I say try and talk because he was getting booed out. He was getting drowned out by the yeah, Niners fans. Yeah, he was fans. getting drowned out by the Niners fans last night, you know, and uh, it was just opening night was just phenomenal last night, you know, like, you know, like, like we, sh you know, like we said, it's, it's just, it's just uh, the first, you know, it's just, it was just, uh, it was just one night, you know, it's it the first, it was the first day last night, you know, so uh, more to, more to come this week and uh, looking forward to, doing all the uh, exciting interviews uh, lined up throughout the week and uh, looking forward to it as well. Yeah, as far as when Mahomes was getting booed, I'm sitting here laughing going, do Niners fans know what they're doing? Do Niners fans understand that Patrick likes getting booed? It's petty Pat. I know right. you're a Niners guy over here. Wouldn't you be worried 
you, you saw the look in his eyes. That, yeah. that was a look of, I'm about to drop a bomb on the Niners fan yeah, base right it, here. He's going to drop, you know, he's going to drop some on, on the Niners faithful, and uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what uh, what game plan the Niners uh, devise uh, this week to sl- try to slow down Patrick Mahomes, and uh, I'm interested in seeing what, uh, what, what happens with that. Yeah, as far as Kadarius Tony came out, there was some more information. He finally spoke about the whole ordeal uh, in regards to his Instagram rant. Uh, looks like he goes... That was about the Giants. Said it's getting taken out of context, and I'm mm. sitting here laughing, going, "Dog, that was on your own IG account. That was, <laughs> you did this." <laughs> yeah. I'm a little confused by it, but he right. was he was speaking for the first time, obviously, mm-hmm. since this entire ordeal. Um, any thoughts on uh, Kadarius Tony here? I mean, Kadarius Tony knows what he's saying, but but honestly, I I, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens on Sunday. It's gonna come, you know. Like I said, it's gonna come down to, to which you know, to which team has the ball last. You know, at which quarterback, you know, will, you know, will will drive their team, you know, with a game-winning drive. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. Uh, before we bring on Ian, I want to give a huge shout out to FanDuel. If you haven't downloaded the FanDuel app yet, you will definitely want to take advantage of this offer before the big game. New users who sign up through our link must deposit $10 and place a first wager of 5 bucks on any live bet. That first bet wins, you will receive $200 in bonus bets straight to your account. This offer is only available if you sign up through our link, bit.ly forward slash arrow 200. You can find that link in the description below our stream as well as scan the QR code on screen to start signing up. Again, the link is bit.ly forward slash arrow 200. The offer will end shortly after the game, so make sure you don't miss out. Offers only available to new customers with 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full link and the terms of the offer. All right, we're going to get our headsets on here now. You ready now? Yeah. Get the headset on. All right. All right. Ian McBets. Ian, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, my friends. How, how are you two doing uh, on this fine Tuesday of Super Bowl uh, week? Wonderful, Wonderful, Ian. Ian. Uh, I, I will say it's a little weird. I can't see your, your lovely mug anymore. I can't <laughs> see that smirk or the Falcons helmet behind your dome. I'm a little upset by this. Yeah, that's a shame. Uh, the viewers, at least, are, are able to see my wonderful face and my wonderful background with the Falcons helmet. But I guess, I guess you can't, Sterling. But that's that's okay. You can you you can you know what I look like by this point. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I will say, Ian. Last night it was really interesting. Um, again, a lot of Niners fans here. It was at least seventy-five percent Niners, eighty percent Niners fans. I would expect that to probably even out a little bit more. But it did feel like a road environment. 23,000-plus fans were packed into Allegiant last night. Uh, As far as them booing Patrick Mahomes, again, I know it's kind of a joke, petty pat, this, that, and the other. But at the same point, he does thrive on that underdog mentality. Do you think that was maybe a little bit of of a bad look from the Niners fans? No, bad look. No, come on, they're playing against them in the Super Bowl. Hey, not, hey, not, not only are they playing against them in the Super decision, Bowl. A bad decision, Ian. A bad decision, Ian. Yeah, well, yeah, it was a bad decision, but you got to boom, because don't don't forget, guys, that this is not only uh, the, the team they're playing against in the Super Bowl, This uh, they're also the team that stole their last Super Bowl appearance from them, or at least stole the, the Lombardi Trophy out of their hands at a fourth-quarter lead against the Chiefs 
uh, j just a few years ago uh, in the Super Bowl. So, uh, no, I mean, it's not great to give the Chiefs, uh, you know, the underdog mentality. Uh, I know Mahomes spoke this week about what it's like kind of uh, uh, being the evil guy in the NFL now, but that's what happens. You can't avoid that if you win the Super Bowl almost every single year. I have become a Chiefs hater because they win the Super Bowl <laughs> almost every single year. It's just, it's just part of the gig. There's no way to avoid it. There's no way you can be uh, the good guy that wins the Super Bowl every single year. We just want to see some new faces. You know, uh, it's a little selfish to win the Super Bowl every single year. So, yeah, I mean, was, was it the best thing for the 49ers to do? Probably not, but I support it. I, I applaud their booing. <laughs> Uh, I had a chance to talk to Nick Bosa yesterday, and last time around, obviously the Chiefs were trying to scheme him out of the game. And when I was talking to him last night, I go, you probably understand the same thing's going to happen again. What do you think the 49ers will try to do to counteract the Chiefs' game plan here again? They will either run at him, they will run away from him. They'll do a lot of jet sweeps, which is a little interesting. They've not done that a lot this season, a lot of end arounds. Uh, that was a big part of what the Chiefs did before with McCole Hardman. They've not really used him in that role since he's come back to Kansas City. I would kind of expect that to be an uptick of a role there. But who do you think on the 49ers really needs to step up on the defensive line for them to have a good chance in this one? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I think Nick Bosa, but one player in the 49ers defense that I think needs to step up and will step up uh, is Fred Warner. I think we could see him flying all around the field, both uh, stopping the pass and the run a little bit. But that kind of brings up my point about this Chiefs offense. I actually wouldn't be surprised if we see the Chiefs run the ball uh, more than what some people might expect. Pacheco, 24 carries in, in two or their three playoff games. And just, I know kind of the narrative around the Chiefs defense is that the way to beat them is to run the football. But I actually think the weakness of the 49ers defense uh, uh, is their run defense as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs run the ball more than people expect. And that means that not only necessarily the pass rushers for the 49ers defense has to step up, specifically Nick Bosa, who... Uh, Nick Bosa's had a relatively down year compared to previous years. 18 sacks last season, only 10 and a half sacks this season. Uh, so, yes, pass rushers are going to play a big role, but I also think linebackers, and I'm looking at Fred Warner specifically, uh, needs to have a big game to not only stop uh, this seemingly unstoppable Chiefs passing offense, but to help slow down the run, too. If they can do that, they're going to be in this game uh, in the second half. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, Ian, would you say there's any other, um, would you say, is there any other Niner defender, would you say, that would need to step up besides, uh, but you know, besides uh, Fred Warner in, in your mind? 
Yeah, Dre Greenlaw is another one that, uh, that I think needs to step up. He needs to have a big game. Uh, really, everyone, you have to play perfect to beat this Chiefs offense. Um, we have seen teams not play perfect games, and when you don't play a perfect game and, and you give uh, the Chiefs a chance to win the game, they will do that more often than not. We saw it the Ravens last week. They are two weeks ago now. Uh, they certainly did not play a perfect game, and the Chiefs were able to, uh, to get the win. The Bills certainly didn't play a perfect game. They are able to get the win. So every we can't have anyone on the 49ers defense play poorly, uh, but in terms of the players specifically on their defense that I'm looking to step up, Fred Warner's one, uh, and Dre Greenlaw is the other. This linebacking core, I actually think, uh, is going to play even a bigger role than their pass rushers necessarily play. And then on the Chiefs side of things, I think the Chiefs linebackers, in my mind, this is going to be a big matchup. Obviously not just George Kittle, but how will they use Kyle Juszczyk? Yep. Um, you're going to have to be very aggressive getting downhill. Obviously Nick Bolton, I think what he does best is his IQ. Very intelligent, right? But obviously you have the addition of Drew Tranquil, very, very versatile. Um, they've been using him, Spagnolo in all different roles. Leo Chanel is starting to get more involved. You know, talking with him last night, he, he was enjoying at times being used as a edge rusher, right? Get a little more uh, quickness on the defensive line there on the outside. And then obviously you have Willie Gay Jr. as well. He should be back with that neck injury. As far as the um, biggest matchup for me, it's going to be Chiefs linebackers against San Fran, George Kittle, Christian mm -hmm. McCaffrey. What do they do? Have, how do they try and stop Christian McCaffrey, not just on the ground, but through the air? Is that a matchup you're looking at as well? Yeah, for sure. I think if the 49ers do win the Super Bowl, I think the MVP of the game is going to be Christian McCaffrey. A running back has a one MVP Super uh, Super Bowl MVP since I believe is 98. Terrell Davis uh, with the Broncos, the last time Super Bowl MVP was a running back. I right. think that could change this weekend because like everyone says, I don't think it's going to come as a surprise to anyone now. The way to beat the Chiefs defense, their one weakness on the entire team might be their run defense. And now they have to go up against one of the most effective rushing attacks in the NFL, uh, which is obviously led by Christian McCaffrey. And uh, as you mentioned, they have more than one way to get the ball in Christian McCaffrey's hand. They can hand it off to him. Uh, they, they can utilize him in the passing game, both, you know, short dump offs and send him down the field a little, little, a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's going to be huge. And George Kittle is another one, as you mentioned, Sterling. I think that's... Uh, 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 he's going to play a huge role in this game. Uh, we have seen some games a season that Kittle has been kind of quiet, at least on the stat sheet. Uh, but don't underestimate his ability to block um, as well. So he's going to play a big role not only in catching the football, but blocking for Christian McCaffrey and this 49ers uh, run game as well. So, yeah, uh, I think you nailed it. Uh, even more so than Brock Purdy, I think two of the most important players this game for the 49ers offense is McCaffrey and Kittle. Do you see Brandon Ayuk uh, having a big game uh, for the Niners, uh, Ian, and yeah. uh, and Debo Samuel as well? Yeah, I think Brandon Ayuk could. I think Brandon Ayuk might be the most underrated receiver in the entire NFL. If you look at like PFF rankings, like he was top three, top five all season. Um, and if there they and if there is a way that the 49ers can attack this Chiefs secondary, which is a top three, top two secondary in the NFL, Ayuk uh, uh, could certainly play a role. Now, where I think Debo. Uh, is going to play important, not only in the passing game, but I could see them, if they decide to, you know, really pound the rock, they can get the ball in Debo's hands on jet sweeps uh, and more outside running plays as well. So I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, if Debo Samuel uh, runs the ball a handful of times in this game as well. And 
I wouldn't be shocked if Debo Samuel throws a pass in this game. We've seen Super Bowls in the past, the offensive playbook. They they, they leave nothing behind. We see trick yeah. plays uh, called at a higher rate in the Super Bowl than any other game in the NFL season. Debo already has a pass attempt once this season. I think he had three pass attempts either last year or the year before. So I'm calling my shot with that a little bit as well. <laughs> if Debo Samuel throws a pass in this game, you heard it here first. It's gonna hey, I'll tell you what. I'll see if I can. Uh, since we're in Vegas, I'll try and find if I can place a bet on that, okay? Yeah. I don't know yes. what the odds would be, but I'll, I'll see what I can do. Uh, one thing I will point out, the Chiefs have done a great job. While you did mention if they do have a weakness defensively, it is, again, stopping um, strong rushing attacks. But what have they done in the playoffs? They stopped the Dolphins completely. The yeah. Dolphins were this electric high-flying run team, which, again, Shanahan tree, very Shanahan running style. Again, McCaffrey's obviously better than Devon Achan, not disagreeing with you there. But my point remains, similar styles, they completely locked them up. The Ravens, while, yes, they only ran with the running backs six times, they were bottled on the ground. Mm -hmm. I think the Chiefs are a little bit of a team where they can they can take away your strength, right? They can take away what you do best. Now, a lot of times they might say, hey, we will be content with you running the ball on the ground, but we're going to stop big plays through the air. But I do think there might be something to the fact that I think if they want to take away, not, not again completely take away McCaffrey, but if they can slow him down, I think the Chiefs are a team capable of doing this. Yeah, and I would think that would be their game plan defensively as well. Take away McCaffrey and make the 49ers try to win on the arm of Mr. Irrelevant, only his second year in the NFL, Brock Purdy. That would be smart for the Chiefs to do defensively, and they are a very smart, well-coached team, so I expect them to do exactly that. And to your point, Sterling, uh, yeah, as much as I point out the run defense uh, has been weak at times this season, we did see against the Bills in the second round of the playoffs, the Bills actually had a lot of success in the first half running the football, but the Chiefs made some adjustments in the second half. They could not get much going uh, on the ground game. I know James Cook had like minus six yards of rushing in the fourth quarter specifically. Hey, why, so. do, you know, why, why do you know that one? Yeah, I might know that one because I might have lost a bet because he lost six yards in the fourth quarter. So, uh, yeah, that one sticks out in my mind. So, yes, as much as uh, I am harping over and over that the weakness of the Chiefs is the run defense, that's not to say that it's it's you know going to be done easily for them. They're, they're obviously going to make some adjustments. They know the 49ers uh, are going to try to run the football. Their game plan probably is and probably should be uh, to stop McCaffrey and make them throw the ball. So, um, yeah, probably the 49ers path to victory is running the football, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Chiefs come out, uh, uh, completely load the box, stacking the box, if they will, uh, uh, and, uh, and shut down McCaffrey uh, in this 49ers running game. They certainly have the ability to do it um, as long as their game plan is right. A uh, question right here on the chat says, is Joe Tooney playing? Um, from the sources I have, no, he will not be again barring some uh, some miracle again if anyone could do it joe tooney could that dude is a as a beast was playing through a broken hand at one point last year that guy is a robot but uh from what i have heard uh joe tooney will not be playing which means it will be nick allegretti yet again now let's talk about the chiefs offensive line ian obviously they've been heavily penalized nick bosa was pretty quick to bring that up early on in his uh pressers last week how do you think the chiefs offensive line will handle what is a very deep 49ers uh defensive line obviously chase young the addition there um i, I do think you can 
run against him. I think Chase Young, he, he's trying to get those sack numbers. Sometimes he can be a little bit light in regards to stopping the run, gets a little aggressive there. What do you think the Chiefs' game plan will be on the offensive line here? Yeah, I think they can run the football early enough in this game. I think a lot, I think the 49ers defense, as much as it pains me to say this, because I'm on the 49ers and I'll be rooting for the 49ers, but I don't think the 49ers defense, especially their pass rush, is as good as kind of the public opinion is of them. They've had great defenses and great pass rushes. Actually, the last time they played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl uh, a few years ago, I actually thought their defense was a lot better that year than it is this year. Uh, you look at their sack percentage, uh, getting a sack and only 6.7%. Uh, of their opponent quarterback dropbacks. That's 20th in the NFL this season. This pass rush isn't exactly what it used to be. So the Chiefs offensive line, I think, in my opinion, even with, even with Joe Tooney out, is still one of the best uh, offensive lines uh, in the NFL. I don't know if the 49ers will try to draw up some blitzes from their linebackers as well or if they're just gonna you know deal with the fact that they're not gonna be able to get a ton of pressure on Patrick Mahomes and just try to drop guys back uh, and hope they can force some incompletion. So, uh, yeah, I think the Chiefs' offensive line might be one of the most important units in this entire game because I, I think they're going to have a lot of success no matter what they do if they decide to throw the ball or run the ball. All right, Ian, this is my first time in Vegas. Uh, what do I need to do? I asked Jacoby Myers and Aiden O'Connell this yesterday, and they both said I need to go to the sphere, or the sphere and I'm sitting here going, I don't have as much money. Like what am I, I? I can't afford to go see you two. Like, well, well, come on, guys, help me out here. So, so Ian, what do I need to do here? What should I stay away from? I've not gotten a lot of help on on Twitter. People on Twitter are ruthless. I'm not going to be able to help you either, Sterling, because even though I am a sports betting guy, I work in the industry and have for a number of years now. Believe it or not, I've never been to Vegas. I'm shocked um, by that, honestly. Ian, you, you strike me as a guy who will be <laughs> sitting at the blackjack table until 4 a.m. and someone has to drag you away. Which is why it might be a good thing that I've never been to Vegas. I don't know if I would survive. I don't know if I'd be able to leave Vegas. So, um, I don't know, Sterling, is there some cheap golf around there? You can use one of those golf balls that I bought you. I don't know. Did you bring your clubs to Vegas? Didn't bring the clubs. I oh. thought about it, and then oh, I saw boy. the schedule. Uh, oh, strong. Strong schedule. So, we will not be hitting the sticks out here. I also looked up. Hunter decided to send me uh, the pricing of one of the local golf courses here. And uh, no, Ian, unless you're trying to fund this, uh, no. But I will take you up on your steak dinner uh, here in Vegas. I think that's probably a smart move for me. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I still owe you the steak dinner. Maybe <laughs> you can find a little mini putt. Uh, go play around a putt putt. Might, <laughs> might, might be a little bit cheaper and a little bit quicker as well. Round of golf's not exactly a quick outing. So with you being that busy, maybe you just go play some putt putt. Uh, a couple of comments right here on the chat says, go card collecting. Is that still a thing there? Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, I will not be going card collecting. As a man with a fiance, I will not be go collecting those cards. If you've been to Vegas and on the Strip, you know. Uh, Trevor says, we need a live feed of Sterling playing Texas Hold'em. I would love that. Uh, the only issue is you cannot have your phone out, and I learned that the hard way. Um, I wasn't trying to take video or anything. I'm not like a, a card counter. Ian, you know me. I'm horrible at math. But I'm sitting here like, let me text the guys, see where they're at. And they're like, what are you doing? You can't have your phone out. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so dumb. I promise you I'm not trying to take advantage of you. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. Malcolm, what's your game? My game is, uh, is Russian roulette. What? <laughs> wait, wait, what? Russian, Russian roulette. <laughs> I think just roulette. I, I, I roulette. Think, 
Just roulette. I, I think just roulette. That roulette. was a uh, that was a shock. That was <laughs> Malcolm. You that I would have learned something very interesting about you. Yeah. I, I would say I'm not going to go not, play games with you, Malcolm. If not roulette, I would I would I would play blackjack. Okay, blackjack. There we go. Malcolm, we when go. you play roulette, do you bet uh, red or black? Which color do you go with? Uh, black. Nice. It's bold. It's bold. I did last night. Lost. Didn't work for me. <laughs> Didn't work for me. I, I, I like to bet on green zero, and I nice. very rarely win. Uh, looks like I need to uh, look for some penny slots. Yeah, okay. I'm a frugal man. I'm a frugal man. I do need yeah. to look for uh, for the penny slot, uh, slots. Top golf. I would say that, Brandon. Appreciate that. But I do top golf in KC all the time. There's one by my house. Uh, love top golf. Uh, Malcolm, you are popping off on the comments right now for that that uh, original thought yeah. right there. Yeah. So way to get the people going. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, going back to the Niners-Chiefs Super Bowl matchup here. I, special teams have been a interesting advantage for the Kansas City Chiefs all season long. You know, Harrison Bucker has been one of, if not the best kickers in the NFL. Obviously, against the Bills, they were having their struggles. You know, Justin Tucker, as great as he's been, had a little bit of a down year. How do you think special teams makes an impact in this game? Obviously, Jake Moody just missed uh, a kick in the postseason. We'll be talking with Robbie Gold and about uh, 50 or so minutes get his thoughts as well but how do you think special teams plays an impact in this one yeah i think it's going to play a big impact uh especially because one other thing that we haven't talked about the chiefs in terms of uh, uh, uh an area that's been a bit weak for them now they have been strong in this area in the postseason for the most part but uh they've struggled a bit in the red zone offensively i think only 19th in red zone touchdown scoring percentage so uh, Harrison Butker could have a big game, especially if they can't, if they can't convert those red zone trips to touchdowns. Um, that is actually one of the one of the bets I have for this week is Butker over seven and a half kicking points, two field goals, two extra points, and that's a winner. Three field goals, that's a winner. So yes, that yeah. is going to play a big uh, role for the Chiefs if they can't find the end zone when they get down to the 49ers red zone, and it's going to be huge for the 49ers as well because I don't know if they necessarily trust their kicker, which might force them to go for it on fourth down uh, if they're in kind of that weird range of the field where it's it's either like a long 50-plus yard field goal or they have to, you know, try to go for it on fourth and two. I think they're going to decide and opt to go for it uh, on fourth and short. So um, much like uh, the NFC Championship game between the 49ers and the Lions, converting fourth down opportunities when teams decide to go for it on both sides of the ball is going to be big, I think, uh, in this Super Bowl. So uh, Really quickly, when you say yeah. go for it on fourth and two, do you think the Chiefs, you mean, are going to be more aggressive than they have been in the regular season, or you mean go for it as far as go out with Butker there? I think the 49ers are going to be aggressive because they don't necessarily trust their kicker. But I wouldn't be sure. surprised if the Chiefs are more aggressive in that area as well. I know the question was mainly about special teams, and Butker, I think, could have a huge game. I see Sean Browning's uh, comment in the chat, Butker MVP. I love it. Um, what what but do you yeah, think the odds are uh, there? What are the odds of Butker MVP? <laughs> Big. <laughs> Hundred to one? Uh, oh, man. Did Adam Vinatieri ever get it? Like, I, I'm trying yeah. to think if a kicker's ever won Super Bowl MVP. I would, I would assume no. Like, that seems uh, like an asinine question to even ask, but then I'm thinking of, like, would Vinatieri have done it at some point the, I, in the snow? 
I doubt a kicker's won MVP in a Super Bowl uh, there, uh, Sterling. I doubt it. Yeah. I have just looked it up. A kicker has not won yeah. MVP. So they're, so they're due is so, what you're saying. They're, yeah, due. they're due. Yes, but let me ask this question for you guys since we're on the topic of Super Bowl MVP, if I may. Um, a couple linebackers have won it twice uh, in the past, I think, 13 Super Bowls. If yeah. the two of you could pick a defensive player that could win a Super Bowl MVP, what, what player would you name? You go first, Malcolm. Uh, for me, it would have to be Fred Warner for the uh, for the Niners. Yep, I agree with that. Yeah, I think Fred Warner for the Niners is probably the uh, the safer bet. Um, trying to think, I love Trevarius Ward, but you know, I I don't think he's gonna be a. I, I'm glad he got All Pro, but I I don't think it'd be a, a cornerback. Um, I'd probably go, ooh, Legarius Sneed quarterback for the Chiefs like I, I I don't think a quarterback for the Niners but I do think a quarterback for the Chiefs could be the guy Legereus Sneed uh whether he is traveling with Brandon Ayuk Debo Samuel getting sent on a blitz Spagnolo is going to use him as a chess piece if he ended up with a sack uh 10 tackles and an interception that has to get it done and if you can pick one guy to do it on the Chiefs it probably would be him um Chris Jones I, you know, Chris Jones, the other guy, I don't think it'd be a linebacker. It's funny. Like, I think if it's on the Niners, I think you're looking at a, at a linebacker getting the nod. I think if you're looking at Kansas City, you're probably looking at a secondary member getting the nod. Chris Jones, I think, has a chance. You know, I talked to Aaron Banks yesterday, uh, obviously offensive guard for the 49ers, and what it's going to be like going up against him. Um, you know, I also brought up the fact that Spagnola brings a lot of exotic blitzes and what's that do for an offensive lineman you know just a lot of added pressure on him you know i, I don't know how many one-on-ones chris jones is going to get uh you know the same reason why i don't think nick bosa is going to get super bowl mvp the same reason i don't think chris jones is going to win super bowl mvp they're going to try and take him out of the game they will not allow one-on-one -on -one opportunities so for me again i think i'm going legerious all right, I like it. Sean also asked in the chat, uh, Kelsey MVP as a tight end never won MVP. A tight end has never won Super Bowl MVP. So if nope. it's ever going to happen, could be this game as well. Two pretty good candidates in George Kittle and uh, and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, absolutely, Ian. What what bets do you have this week? You're, you're the betting guy. You know, Ian McBets. You literally have it in your handle, even though you've never been to Vegas. So I'm kind of questioning your uh, your pedigree here. <laughs> uh, and even though you know, I had to get some. Uh, golf balls from you i still trust you i still trust you here ian what bets do you got rocking i got a ton there's a couple uh one i already mentioned harrison butker over seven and a half kicking points another one um that's is kind of related to to something we were talking about nick bosa actually uh am betting on him to not record a sack um like i mentioned earlier a little bit of a down year for nick bosa this season only 10 and a half sacks in seven or 17 regular season games Chiefs have one of the best offensive lines uh, in football. Mahomes only gets taken down one and a half times per game. So I got Nick Bosa to not record a sack. Um, and also I got Brock Purdy over his rushing yards. Set like at 12 it. and a half. Like I think it. Love we can see Love Brock Purdy take off with his legs a little bit. He kind of he did it against the Lions, 48 rushing yards against them, 14 rushing yards against the Packers in the divisional round. And with how good the Chiefs secondary is, I wouldn't be surprised if Brock Purdy has a few times where he drops back to throw and sees not a single person open and is forced to take off with his legs. So 
Uh, I'm, I'm surprised that it's set at such a low number, especially with how often he ran against the Lions. So 12 and a half for Brock Purdy rushing yards. I like the over on that one as well. Yeah, rip that one, that. dude. Ian, I, I, I am it. a uh, huge fan of that one. Actually, as a Chiefs guy here, obviously, I'm a little bit nervous in regards to Brock Purdy and his legs. I think he's a little bit more athletic than people give him credit for, a little bit mm -hmm. more mobile. Yeah. Um, I think that that might be one of the X factors in this game. Obviously, I think the Chiefs can do a good job, but they're not going to put a spy on him. You know, I've seen a couple of people say, well, do you put a spy on Brock Brunel? You're not, man. He, he's not Lamar or Josh Allen. He's not going to take off that often. But I do think when a play breaks down, he is more capable than a lot of people are giving credit to. Um, as far as his ability to make big plays here, Ian, I want to ask you this one because Lamar Jackson made a couple of big plays in that game and it still wasn't enough. The only way the, the Bills really scored in that game was Josh Allen at times making only plays that him, you know, Mahomes and the elite quarterbacks in the NFL can make. If Brock Purdy can't make two or three elite quarterback plays, I don't see them having a chance. Do you think Brock Purdy has that in him to make consistently big elite plays like these top echelon guys? I think he has a couple in him. Um, if he needs to do it all throughout the game, then the, uh, the 49ers are going to be in a lot of trouble. But we saw, even though he got off to bad first halves in both uh, the game against the Packers and against the Lions, he came alive in the second half in those games and did make some key big throws when he had to. Now, yeah, I mean, that, that helmet was... Only, only Brock <laughs> Purdy could use that helmet. Yeah. No, no, you can't. A Chiefs fan can't say that. The amount of plays that have gone the Chiefs' way over these past few years, yeah, okay. It, it was a lucky bounce off, off the helmet. But he still made some other big throws in both of those games late in the game, too, when the pressure was on. So what I would say is, yes, I think he can make a couple of those throws, but he needs to specifically avoid the terrible starts that he's played now two weeks in a row. He's been bad in the first half. And if he gets off to a bad start in the first half against the Chiefs, whether that's an interception or just some missed wide open throws, he's, he's not going to be able to make, make a second half comeback like he did against the Packers and Lions. If he starts off slow again this Sunday, game over. Chiefs are back-to-back -back champs. All right, before I let you go here, because we will be bringing on Robbie Gold in just a few moments. Um, score prediction, do you have one yet? I know it's Tuesday, but this is when we always make our score predictions. Who do you have winning, and what is it? My score prediction is... 49ers 24, Chiefs 20. Why are you a hater? Like, why? I asked Will Compton this last night. I said, why are you a Chiefs hater? And he goes, because it's so dang easy to rile you guys up. And I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> so is this your actual thought? Like, are you putting money on this? Or is this one where you go, you know what? I've been a heel all year long on Stack in the Box. I got to stick with it. There is a little bit of that, but no, I honestly do think the 49ers are the better team. The Chiefs are the are, are the hotter team. They play better uh, football uh, heading into the Super Bowl in the playoffs. But if we look at a full season of sample size, the 49ers were the best team in the NFL. And if they weren't the best team in the NFL in the regular season, they were number two to the Ravens. I don't think many people, yourself included, Sterling, would have said in week 14 that the Chiefs were the better team than the 49ers. So I'm doing my very best to not have a short memory, to think about the bigger sample size of an entire season of football. And I think when you do that, I think the 49ers have been the better team. Now there's the immeasurables like, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the pressure of the situation, the experience the Chiefs have. But overall, the 49ers were the better team from start to finish this season. And that's what I'm betting on in this week. Ian, appreciate the time, man. Um, 
Good stuff as always. Thanks. A little abbreviated for you today. Uh, I'll give you your time back, okay? Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Ian, appreciate it, man. We'll, uh, we'll be it, in Ian. touch. Um, all Take right. Care, Malcolm. What do you think an X factor is in this game? Who, who do you think an X factor is? Obviously, Fred Warner defensively, but not just these guys, not just the big names. Right. Maybe, maybe a name that's not being talked about enough. Who's going to be an X factor here? Key, key uh, factor for me, uh, Sterling would be. Key factor for me, Sterling is going to be Dom and Smith, offensive lineman for uh, Kansas City, because he's the most penalized. Was that one more time? Donovan, I apologize. Donovan Smith. Donovan Smith to the Chiefs, yeah. yeah. Now, ob penalized. obviously Nick Bosa brought that up a little bit earlier on in the week, the penalties that he uh, that he, he he brings. But he's been good in the playoffs, man. Yeah. Like, the Chiefs have this ability. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because the refs let you play more in the yeah. playoffs, which, again, I think it's a real thing. Yeah. Like, I, I know some fans, 31 other fan bases outside of Kansas City are sitting exactly. here going refs, refs, refs. But it's both sides. I think if you've done some studies, it seemingly seems like penalties go down in the playoffs. They want the players to decide the game. Yeah. So then what typically happens? Those holds that were called in the regular season. Are not being called as much in the postseason. Correct. And so I'm sitting here going, well, yeah, Donovan Smith might be a very heavily penalized player. He has been in the playoffs. Right. So will he be in the Super Bowl? And I don't think so. Am I nervous at least a little bit? You bet your ass I am. Yeah. But, but yeah. part of me sitting here going, all right, if they're not going to call it in the first few, you know, divisional round, the wild card round, the, the, the AFC championship game, why would they all of a sudden call it in the Super Bowl? I don't see it happening. The same thing happened last year. Orlando Brown Jr., Andrew Wiley, they struggled during the regular season. What right. happened come postseason time? They didn't call it. They were studs. Right. Now, I think a lot of that's a shout-out to Andy Heck and what he brings, right? Andy Heck, the offensive line coach for yeah. Kansas City, is um, perpetually underrated, right? I mean, he gets the best out of his guys. Um, you know, Nick Allegretti, obviously. All of a sudden, what happened when Joe Tuna goes down? Yeah. He gets thrust into the starting role. Right. He does a very solid job. Right. Uh, Trey Smith, obviously, the health issues. We yeah. talked to him yesterday and um, got a lot of great content from him that will be coming out throughout this week. But when you talk to talking to him, you know, obviously he was more talented than a sixth rounder, but it wasn't like he was getting a first round draft pick, right? right. That wasn't going to happen. But what's he become? He's become a really good right guard. I, I think Andy Heck has done a phenomenal job here, and I think he does a great job in this Super Bowl. Amazing, uh, Sterling. And uh, I would ask, I'm going to ask you the same question you asked me. It's that, you know, not the big names. Who is your X Factor? Good question. I, part of me is thinking a Chiefs linebacker because I think that the Chiefs linebacker core has to be incredible in this game. Like, I think they're yeah. going to have their plates full. Right. But I, I might go a little outside here and go George Karloftis. Um, obviously, with no Charles Aminahu, with mm -hmm. him being uh, done for the year, which yeah. is absolutely horrible for him, man. I mean, tough. going against your former team the Super Bowl, and then that happens the week before. I mean, that's brutal for him. Brutal loss. He had become one of the second, if not third, best pass rushers on Kansas City. So Karloftis has a bigger, uh, more on his plate. Right, so Carl Lott is going to have to play 80% of snaps at least. You know his snap count is going to go higher, higher, higher. I know he has a great motor. He's mm -hmm. been a guy who's played a lot of snaps, but you're going to see that increase even more. And you're going to have to have the production to back it up. Right. If the Niners try and take Chris Jones away, right, 
you had two other options, him and Aminahu, Carl Lovins mm -hmm. and Aminahu. Yep. One of those guys could win. Yep. But now Noah Aminahu, I like Mike Dana. like Mike Dana a lot. He ain't Charles Aminahu. He ain't going to win one-on-one -on -one as often. Right. So Carl Loftus, to me, is going to be the guy that steps up big in this one. All right, some more comments right here. Typical line of scrimmage penalties go down in the playoffs. Look for game-changing DPI. Uh, pass from parents. Uh, Trevor says Ian's problem with betting during the playoffs is exemplified by this Super Bowl. Ian's really good. I'm not going to lie. I like to give him a hard time. Ian's actually crushed me in all of my uh, actual season-long bets. Like wow. the one me and him did together, I won. Yeah. But if he did it. He bet on every single game. Right. He did way better than me. Wow. I'm, I, I'm not a very good better. I'm only good when I go up against him. What's the most you bet um, this whole entire season? Oh, $5. Dude, I'm soft. I'm frugal. I, I, I just need a little bit of money for the bump bumps. Just a little bit of money for the bump bumps. Right. I, I, if you put 50 bucks on a game, I'm sorry. You have right. you way too much stones for me. Right. I mean, I, I cannot I do that. A um, couple more comments right here. I don't think they have backed down from calling roughing the passer. Chiefs did get several of those calls in their favor in the AFC Championship game. Uh, that's from Tilly. Uh, yeah, man, um, it's a good call. I will say those were obvious ones. Like, I don't think those were necessarily questionable ones. You know, Mahomes, I believe, only had one roughing the passer call during the regular season. So the whole, uh, he, you can't touch him, that narrative is a little bit, uh, well, it's false. Quite right. frankly, it's false. false. But, but, but when you, <laughs> Patrick, I will get to your comment in a second. But I do think what you saw in that game from, Jadavion Clowney. Yeah. Clear helmet to helmet. Like, that that was right. not debatable. That right. was a legitimate it, it was clear uh, penalty. It was clear cut. So, yeah, that's getting called. When you saw Jones, the defensive tackle, go hands to the face, just completely WWE clothesline a guy. Yeah. That's obvious. That's going to get called. Right. The refs are not going to miss that 99.9% um, of the time. They're going to they're gonna call that every single time. So, I'm sitting back going, yeah, I get what you're saying, that, that she's got a couple of rough in the passer calls, but at the same time, they were legitimate. It'd be ridiculous if they did not call those. Those right. weren't 50-50. Those were 100-0. Right. You're always going to have those gray hair uh, type of, you know, you know, type of no calls, non-calls, that sort of thing. So if you're going to call it one way, you got to call it both ways as well. Uh, I see one here is um, Rubinson getting punched is not rough in the passer. Okay, but the point remains it's still a penalty right it's gonna get called right uh patrick says i spend all my money on his turtlenecks um a decent amount yeah a decent amount on turtlenecks i don't know where patrick's at he's around here somewhere i gotta find him i can't believe he called me out like that right i mean this isn't even a turtleneck patrick this is a straight up collared shirt yeah it's not a turtleneck i don't even <laughs> that's not a turtleneck. i mean that's patrick a, come on right here. calling me out uh we're getting joined now by robbie gold, gold. Robbie, how you doing? Good. How are you guys? How What's are happening? You, Everything going all right? Awesome. Awesome. What all are we right. talking about today? Uh, hockey. Oh, nice. A little, little Blackhawks hockey, yeah, I hope. A little, little hockey, college yeah. basketball, maybe. College okay. Basketball, yeah. costumes, maybe. Uh, first and foremost, I know you're here with DiGiorno. That's a great, great pull you got. You like that? Yeah, it's, it's, I, I love this. Like I love their pizza. Yeah. You know. Favorite favorite pizza from DiGiorno? Uh, cheese. I'm a plain plain Jane guy. Plain Jane. Yeah. You're, you're Chicago, obviously. You played there with the Bears. Deep dish. Is oh. that is that in your? Uh, uh, yeah, I love deep dish. You know, I'm a New York style pizza guy. I like to be able to fold it like a taco. Um, nice. I grew up on the East Coast, so uh, I get the best of both worlds. Yeah. Matt, we got the next one here. Yeah. Um, 
I want to ask you, Robbie, uh, do you have a memorable kick in your career? You know, it's funny. Uh, that's such a loaded question. I get that a lot. Um, <laughs> and it's weird because I can't, like, just pick one. Uh, if I had to pick, I think one of my favorite kicks is the Green Bay playoff kick from uh, two years ago uh, in the divisional round. Uh, zero degree weather, uh, 45 yards. Uh, you, you know, that one was good, significant for me because, you know, I know what that meant to Chicago Bear fans, but I also know what it meant to the Bay Area and the San Francisco 49er fans to get to the uh, NFC Championship. What I find interesting is all this talk about the GOAT, right? Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, LeBron James, uh, Michael Jordan. Is there a kicker GOAT? Uh, you know, Vinatieri's up there. Uh, I think Justin Tucker can go in that category too. Um, you know, Vinatieri has some of the most clutch kicks in, in playoff history that you, you, it's hard to replicate, yeah. uh, truly. Uh, but Justin Tucker's probably the best kicker to ever play the game. Yeah. Uh, he's got a lot of intangibles of power and accuracy which you know usually your kicker like i'm not a power guy i was more of an accuracy guy uh but he's more got, an anderson style yeah right, right. More anderson yeah style, uh but he had both which is uh unique to see yeah. speaking of you you touched on adjustments you know in various weather conditions what kind of adjustments do you make when you're dealing with those kind of weather conditions when it's like snowing icy cold wind chills in your face the wind's going at you you know, talk, you know, share a little bit about that. Well, I think playing in Chicago, you, you get used to it because Lovey always believed that you, you would practice in the elements that you're going to play in. So if it was 10 degrees outside, we we're going outside to practice because that we were going to play in on Sunday. So, you know, the prep for that always started during the week. And then um, I think as the more you got into kicking in that, it just became like, all right, we got to go do it again. You know, it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be zero degrees. So there was a lot to that. Why do teams give up on kickers so quickly? Like, I always find this very interesting because I, I get it's, it's a uh, results-oriented business. I understand that. But when you see guys like Young Wei Koo, right? You know, he struggled his first stop, then what happened now? Then he, now he's one of the better kickers in the entire NFL. Why do teams rush this process so often? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with they're younger, right? Yeah. A lot of teams want to get young at that position. They don't want to pay the guy uh, an older salary to be able to get maybe two players to fill out their roster. So, you know, I think the big part about um, what you're seeing and or what you're going through is they'll pull the plug quicker because one kick that you miss might cost you a playoff opportunity or a playoff game for that yeah. matter. Mm -hmm. Speaking of the Niners, what do the Niners do so well to be near the top every single year, Robbie? Mention that a little bit. Yeah, I think, you know, it's taken them a long time to build that. Uh, just like the Kansas City Chiefs, right? I think uh, you find the right guys, you draft the right capital, you get the right guys in free agency, uh, you get the the consistency of most of your coaches being there all the time so you can actually build a program or a franchise because a lot of your guys will know the offense. It's not changing out every single year. Uh, so I think you know, you're know you reaping the benefits of having one of the most brilliant minds of Kyle Shanahan uh, in the game. Uh, you're having guys come in that know what the defense can do uh, and filling a guy in there that has the same philosophies. Uh, and I think you're seeing them be able to have stability and consistency and that resonates to the players, which 
resonates to them being able to be in these positions. I know you said you're a cheese guy, but what all do you have rocking with DiGiorno right now? Uh, it's pretty unique. Uh, for the second straight year, uh, they're doing the uh, DiGiorno doinks, which I know is a... <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, it's a little bit the of a Chicago kicker. Chicago fans can't Yeah, can. <laughs> they, can't, they can't enjoy that word. So yeah. uh, everyone can go and uh, register at DiGiornoDoinks.com, and if uh, a ball during the big game hits the upright or the crossbar, uh, there will be a chance for people to win free pizza. Uh, which is pretty cool. Oh, Although man. here's the thing, I, as you a kicker, what do you do now? It, yeah. I, I'm okay with a doink as long as it goes in. <laughs> That's all. As far as the kicking matchup here, obviously special teams has been an advantage of Kansas City for a long time. Harrison Butker, practice squad of Carolina. Thank you, Carolina. Yeah. Chiefs fans are thrilled <laughs> right now. But he had a down year last year. Obviously, extra points were a little bit of a struggle for him. But now he seems healthy. He seems right. What, what do you see from Harrison Bucker in his, quite frankly, incredible season? Yeah, well, here's what I tell you. First, he has Dave Tobe, who is one of the best special teams coordinators that the game has ever seen. Uh, second, he was injured, trying yeah. to play through injury. And, right. you know, it's hard to find a rhythm when that happens. Um, also, you know, listen, they're scoring 100 touchdowns a year. <laughs> he's going to miss. Yeah. Like, it's not That's like true. he's kicking 20 and he missed <laughs> three of them. I was like, oh, my gosh, what's going on with this guy? So, you know, I think if you look at how talented uh, he has become at a very difficult place to kick, uh, like Arrowhead Stadium, yeah. uh, you know, what he's been able to accomplish, multiple Pro Bowl uh, considerations, uh, that's not an easy place to do it in. So, you know, I have a lot of respect for what he's been able to accomplish as, a, as, as an athlete. And, you know, I think the unique part is everyone's like, oh, he missed. Well, yeah, if you get 150 tries a year with Patrick Mahomes, I'll still take that percentage. You may miss two, you may miss two, you know, one or two, you know. And speaking of the Bears, you know, you, you know, you played for Chicago. What do the Bears need to do to mimic the Niners' recent success in your well, mind? I think a lot of it is, you know, if you see what they've been doing, there's a lot of turnover. You know, every two or three years, it's a new head coach, which brings new people, which brings a new general manager, which brings in a new philosophy. And, you know, I think now you're starting to see them grow as a team. Uh, Eberflus is going to be in his third year with Ryan Poles. You know, you're seeing, and really San Francisco, if you look at the San Francisco model, you know, we made the Super Bowl in year three. So it took three years to build that, that team. Uh, and I think the same thing's going on in Chicago. So as long as they can find consistency with the coach and their staff, uh, if they can find consistency in, in how their processes work and build off of it, um, they're going to have more wins. You know, two years ago, they were basically getting rid of guys to have money in free agency. And, and I don't want to say tanking. Yeah. Uh, but putting themselves in a position to be able to get some really talented players higher in the draft or in free agency. How hard is it for a kicker, let's just say the Detroit Lions, who are very aggressive, right? Let's just say you, you probably think it's a 42-yarder, it's fourth and four. You're going out there. The next thing you know, offense is getting sent back out. How hard is that mentally for a kicker? Do you take it personally at all if that were to happen? Or I don't really take it personally. I know it's um, not you, but I would say like... No, like, but in general, like there's times where you go for it on fourth down. That's Listen, there's so many analytics, there's so many uh, pieces to this puzzle that the game where, you know, maybe a coach liked a fourth down play at a certain distance and he knew it at that green zone he was going to go for it. Uh, so to me, I think it's a, a, a product of what's the score of the game, where are you at, what's happening. You know, to me, Dan Campbell should have kicked both of those field goals. Sure. Uh, sure. Even if you miss them. Yeah. There's a little bit of a different vibe when a kicker misses it versus the offense not <laughs> right, making exactly. it, right? So. 
I think, uh, you know, it, had they kicked one of the two, Detroit probably is sitting here enjoying Super Bowl week instead of doing what I'm doing with you guys and enjoying it <laughs> from the couch. I got, I, I got one additional question for you, uh, Robbie, and it would be, what advice would you give Jay Moody after his postseason misses uh, of late? Yeah, I think just go out and enjoy the moment. You know, be in, be in the now. Don't worry about what happened in the, the past because you can't fix it. Uh, and like I said, he's been in big time moments before uh, with with Michigan in the college football semifinals. So I know he'll be able to bounce back and, and I think he'll be able to have a really nice game on Sunday. In regards to dome versus obviously outside, who does that give the advantage to? Again, Harrison Butker, I think, is one of the best kickers in football. Uh, Jake Moody's been a really good kicker, but a couple of obviously hiccups here and there. Well, I think, listen, look at look at. Uh, Kansas City plays in, in the Raiders stadium every year. Yeah, so yeah. there's a, a familiarity that he'll have and the Chiefs will have going into and frankly probably having a lot of success in that stadium, yeah. right? So there's a little bit of a confidence you can build from that. Uh, if you look at Jake Moody, Jake Moody had a really good senior all-star game here. Yeah. Um, I think last probably January. And so I think they played here as well early in the season and, and had some success. So there's a comfort level for both of those guys. In regards to grass versus turf, obviously a big deal for a, for a lot of football players. You don't hear much, as much with kickers, I feel like. Where do you land on the grass versus turf? Uh, it doesn't matter to me. I think it just matters where you're at. Like if you are in Chicago, you want turf. You know, sure, it just sure. makes it easier on the elements. I think one of the things to watch out for on Sunday is going to be you know, this field is going to be very similar to what the Arizona Super Bowl know, was yeah, because yeah. it grows in a desert. It's the right. same kind of concept of rolling out on trays. So, you know, I think the defensive line uh, is going to play a big part in um, who's going to have uh, or become the Super Bowl champ. And you saw last year uh, two defensive lines who were really good get slowed down by the turf. Uh, so, you know, to me, I think that the biggest uh, game changers that could happen on Sunday is going to be predicated on two two defensive lines. Robbie, really appreciate it. Before I let you go, okay, one last time, DiGiorno, tell us about the doinks. Uh, go to <laughs> DiGiornoDoinks.com, and let's hope uh, they hit the upright and go in and win some free pizza. <laughs> Robbie Gold, really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks appreciate for your it. Time, yeah, Robbie. appreciate That's it. Solid. Uh, we'll be joined in just a few moments by Gracie Hunt. She'll be up next, the daughter of Clark Hunt, the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Man, Robbie's awesome. He was phenomenal to talk to today. I, I found it interesting when, when he said it doesn't matter as much in regards to whether it's grass versus turf. Right. Because I've talked to a few kickers, and they mostly prefer grass. I did notice something a little interesting in regards to Harrison Butker earlier this year. Yeah. On the miss in New England, that's that synthetic. It's a little bit of a combo. Right. right? And so when you have that combo, he missed there, and that made me a little bit nervous. But, again, here in Las Vegas, while it is the grass he got injured on in yeah. Arizona, and, it's at least grass, and he's right. been nails on grass. I loved what he said, you know, as well, uh, starting that it doesn't really matter, um, you know, the kicking conditions where he kicks them. You know, he, you know, he's just, you know, he's just, you know, he wants to just, you know, knock it through the upright, you know, and just, uh, and, and just, uh, you know, you know, do it when it matters most. Yeah. Uh, again, we'll be joined by Gracie Hunt in just a moment. Uh, I, I do find it just interesting as far as the kicking matchup in this game because yeah. you have seen Harrison Bucker be nails for so long and Jake Moody again as you talk to him about went through his struggles Gracie Hunt 
daughter of Clark Hunt right now, the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, hello, joining us now. Gracie, how are you? I'm Hi, doing Gracie. fabulous. It's so good to be here with you guys. It's a, an exciting time, and the energy here is just incredible. Well, well, now it's just like you come every single year because the Chiefs are here every single year. Well, we're just so grateful. We know how hard it is to get here, and um, it's such a special opportunity. And uh, I saw you had some awesome interviews last night at opening night. I was there as well, and sad, sad I didn't get to say hello, but um, I just saw the, the clip you posted with Justin Reed and it was awesome. Awesome, Gracie. Um, talk about, you know, you know, talk about this whole entire week, you know, like what, like what, like what has this, what has this week been for you so far? I know it's, I know it's only Tuesday, but, but I know as the week um, progresses, um, you know, what are you looking forward to the most? I got in yesterday and went straight from the tarmac to opening night. Uh, so I was off and running pretty quickly. And then this morning, we're obviously here um, at Radio Row for a few hours. And then come Thursday is when all of the real crazy action starts. We've got NFL honors, the after parties, uh, commissioner's party, and, and the whole rest of it. And then Super Bowl Sunday. So it's going to be a whirlwind, but we're just so excited for it. For What's your favorite part of the week? Just being part of Media Row and just getting to do all the interviews and uh, looking forward to, uh, you know, come, you know, c to do uh, NFL honors on Thursday night. Get to walk the red carpet, which is, get, you know, which is like, you know, which is amazing, which I've never done before. I've never been to Vegas, and uh, I'm just taking all the moments in Gracie as we speak. You know, just enjoying every single minute of it. I love that, and I'm, I've really enjoyed seeing Vegas and all of its Super Bowl swag decked out with all of the decorations. That's always one of my favorite parts of the Super Bowl. I know for you and your dad, how, how fun is it seeing the Chiefs logo on the Raiders stadium? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that um, we all really, really love seeing it up there. Uh, I got to say hello to Mr. Davis last night, and uh, he was so kind and gracious. He's done an absolutely incredible job um, hosting, and we're just grateful to use this beautiful stadium uh, for this game coming. Talk about Chiefs Kingdom. What does that mean for you, you know, um, in, in, uh, being in Kansas City? And talk about the atmosphere at Arrowhead. Like, share, you know, share what, what that atmosphere is like. Chiefs Kingdom is family to me. I was born into Chiefs Kingdom and uh, was didn't have a choice, but have always bled red. And I'm just so grateful for the incredible people that I've been able to meet and who I now consider to be family because of the sports industry. Um, and I just can't express how uh, much we don't take for granted the opportunity to be here and um, and the atmosphere at Arrowhead is incredible and you'll have to come check it out sometime if you've not been it's pretty special it's I've like a lot of incredible barbecue so much fun in this I've huge never tailgate been to Arrowhead. all right well we're gonna have to change that for sure um, but this year it was a, a different playoff run than what we've had because we were the underdog playing away at really difficult stadiums and, you know, had to overcome beating the Bills, had to overcome beating the Ravens um, and crowds that were really dominant by those opposing teams. And so um, to do that on the road and then to get to be here yeah. is just so special. Four Super Bowls in five years, you know, just the appearances at least right here. This is an owner and an owner's family's dream right here. Did you ever expect this? I mean, even this year, halfway through the season, we're sitting here going, well, I guess you can't be there every single year. Did you ever lose the faith? I would say that um, I always bet on red. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and I never bet against <laughs> Coach Reed and Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Talk about the relationship with Coach Reed and Coach Spags. What has that relationship been um, 
for the Chiefs. They're incredible at what they do, some of the best in the industry, and we're just so grateful to have them leading our team. In regards to Brett Veach, I mean, Brett Veach has created one of the best teams top down, because everyone always talks about Mahomes and Kelsey and Chris Jones, but I think the biggest storyline is honestly the depth of Kansas City. You know, the free agent signings of Mike Edwards, Drew Tranquil, Charles Minahu, which again, it's horrible for him that he's out this game, but again, then you have guys like Mike Dana who has the ability to step up in this one. What have you seen from Brett Veach building this team? All props and credit to Brett Veach. He is incredible at what he does, and um, I'm just so, I'm really inspired and amazed by my dad and how he has set the tone and led the Chiefs organization and the people that he has hired and, and the culture he's created. And I think that that just speaks for itself in all departments, from the football side to the business side with Mark Donovan. Um, they are just really incredible at what they do. Yeah. I'm not just trying to hype you up because you're here, but it truthfully feels like the situation where all these players who are former Chiefs players, they come back and stay in Kansas City. They always talk about how well they were treated by the Chiefs organization. What does that mean for you and the family? Because again, it'll be guys who have played two years for the Chiefs. They may have played 12 years somewhere else, but they come back to Kansas City because of Chiefs Kingdom, the fans and the organization. What does that mean for you guys? Kansas City has the kindest, most wonderful people, I would argue, in all of the country. And um, I have family there. And I would just say that Chiefs Kingdom and uh, the Chiefs organization really goes beyond the football field. And you, we really just like become family. We always say football is family. It's one of our slogans. And I think that that's why players come back and establish roots and, and want to be involved long beyond their playing years. What, what is the, what is the, when you say Chiefs family, you know, like, like what is that, what does that truly mean for you, you know, as a, you know, as an owner of the team um, and, you know, Chiefs Kingdom, like just share a little bit about that. I would just say I'm I'm arguably Chiefs Kingdom's number one fan. Um, <laughs> I I'm just very blessed um, to get to grow up watching my dad um, lead and run the organization and how he's created a championship culture um, and how he leads with integrity. So all credit goes to him, and I'm just so grateful that um, this has been a part of of my experience growing up. Obviously, we're here unified with fans sided and Special Olympics here. What, what does Special Olympics mean to you? It means so much. Special Olympics is definitely a part of my identity and why I am the way I am because when I was in high school, I became involved as a partner player on a unified Special Olympics soccer team. And that experience just changed my life because I didn't have experience working on a unified team or with people who had disabilities before. And it just showed me that the only disability in life is a bad attitude. And you can achieve anything you set your mind to if you work like you're in charge and pray like God's in charge. Gracie Hunt, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for Thanks your time. Thanks so much, Gracie, for your time. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. <laughs> Thanks. That uh, was Gracie Hunt, daughter of Clark Hunt, right here. Uh, again, we are here at Radio Row for the Super Bowl. Malcolm, that was a lot of fun, man. It was a lot of fun, um, Serlin. Uh, Gracie Hunt was awesome to talk to, as always, and uh, she, you know, she, she's a joy to, you know, to, to have a conversation with. I mean, again, when you see it, what this family has done, and again, I think it's really true. I wasn't trying to just because she's here. When you see all of these Chiefs players, former Chiefs players, come back to Kansas City, I've had a, a chance to talk to a lot of them. They always talk about how, how well they were treated yeah. by the organization. Right. And, and I talked to a lot of guys who played for, I don't want to throw any other teams under the bus here. Right. Like, they were nice, they were fine, but you felt like it was 
a business. Right. And again, there is something about Kansas City, not just uh, the fans, where the fans yeah. make them feel welcome long after their playing careers are done. But it, again, it comes from the top down, from the ownerships, from the hunts. The fact that they make them feel welcome. And, and, and quite frankly, Chiefs Ambassadors is a big deal here in Kansas City. I mean, Chiefs Ambassadors brings back all these former players. They give back to charity. Um, I just have all the respect I, for, for a family that makes these these players I, feel welcome. Honestly, Sterling, I have I have the utmost respect, you know, for, for the Chiefs um, organization. I loved how she talked about, you know, how the fact that they're a family, you know, and how they have a great relationship with special rooms, which you know, you know, which is top notch, you know, and things of that nature. So that's so that's what really uh so that's what I you know, that's what really stood out for me. Yeah. Uh, again, Malcolm, I'm Sterling. We're here with Fansided and Special Olympics unified coverage of the Super Bowl right here live on Radio Row. We'll be here all week. We're going to take a little bit of a break, come back at some other point. A lot more interviews coming your way. Yes. So until then, we are out. We are out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.